Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Rivercast 9 Lives podcast. Our guest this week is left-hander Ben Bowden. First of all, welcome to the uh, Rivercats, Giants organization. Uh, you know, it's this game, you, you bounce around a little bit. We'll talk about, you know, getting drafted by the Rockies, but uh, how is it going so far for you in, in this organization? Good. I'm, I'm really enjoying myself. Um, all the guys have been great, super welcoming. Coaching staff's been really good. Um, I've already learned some stuff that I haven't learned anywhere else. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm making strides and feeling good about where I'm at. You know, it's one of the tough things about baseball. The good thing is, you know, you're – you get dealt. You're going to leave some relationships. That's the that's the tough news. The good news is you come to a new organization. You make new relationships and meet new people. This game's a small game. I knew you knew, you know, about some of these guys. You knew, knew some of these guys. What was that like coming over? Yeah, I got played uh, against a good amount of these guys coming up. I started off the season in Albuquerque, um, so I was familiar with the league and everything. And you know, guys guys bounce around quite a bit, obviously. Yeah. So. You know, I knew a few of the guys coming in. Uh, obviously, Proctor came over from Durham pretty early on after I got here. Um, but the guys I didn't know have been super welcoming. I'm, you know, I got video game partners. I got you know, bouncing around, catch play partners. Everything's been really good so far. You know, Lynn, Massachusetts, and you grew up, uh, you know, it, it, the, the beauti- beautiful part about the whole thing is you grew up near the Cape, and here you are, you get to play in the Cape. What was that experience like? I mean, you, you grew up knowing about the Cape, and then you play there. Yeah, that was awesome. I uh, played for YD uh, under Coach Pickler, who's a legend down the Cape. Yeah. Um, my parents got to come to pretty much every game that they knew I was going to pitch in, which was awesome because yeah. I hadn't had that luxury since I was in high school. Um, I really, you know, you hear about it growing up. Uh, you don't know too much about it unless you go down and really see the talent down there. Um which I, I didn't make it down. Uh, I think I made it down to like one game when I was young uh, and kind of just in passing. Um, but after after going down and being around those guys, it was still, to this day, it was the best summer of my life. Like I had an unbelievable time. Um, we ended up winning it all that year, so that was awesome. Um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't have had a better time, and, and uh, a lot of those guys I'm still cool with when I see them at the field and stuff, so it's it's you know, connections have been made for, you know, a lifetime. Life. Basically. Yeah, that's fantastic. And look, I mean, look at all the guys out of Andy. I mean, it's incredible yeah. with Beatty and Yastrzemski and Selman. I mean, there's so much, Casale, I mean, that, that connection, that Bandy connection is unbelievable. And, and really, I, I haven't met anybody out of Andy who wasn't a, wasn't a quality guy, uh, you know, that this played at that, that college. What is it about the Vandy connection in this game? You know, I don't, I don't know what it is exactly. Guys make fun of it all the time. That didn't go there, and it's kind of funny. I probably would too, but we're all just close. We get guys that come back and work out. Um, you know, I, I, in the short time that I was with Kurt here before he got traded, um, you know, I had known him through just working out at Vandy, yeah. Tony Kemp, uh, Sonny Gray, David Price. Yeah. You know, and then the guys that are playing now, Bueller, Dansby, Jason Delay, Beattie, Brian Reynolds. And it's just a ton. Of, and I'm forgetting a ton of guys. Yeah, you know? yeah. We still get guys coming up in minor leagues. Uh, J.J. Bladé just made his debut. Um, so, I mean, it's whenever you see a Vandy guy, you're always going over and saying hello, especially when you go there, just because it's kind of like a little brotherhood. And it's a little corny, but we enjoy it. I love it. Now, and what is it about the, the – the coaching staff down there at Vandy was it when you when you were recruited there and you went down there did you feel that right away yeah so I was I was um recruited towards I think it was sometime in my sophomore year I went down for a tournament with my dad down to Georgia we were in East Cobb tournament and we went over to campus and I immediately fell in love um 
Coach Corbin was incredibly welcoming. He's a New Hampshire guy, so we had that Northeast connection. Um, but I mean, while, while I was there, we had the same coaching staff, um, and you know, Scott Brown, who's at St. John's before that. He, I, I tell everybody this. He made me into a professional pitcher, and then wow. you know, on, onto a big league pitcher. And he would never take credit for that, but I can sit here and absolutely tell you that he did. Um, they kept my head on straight. Uh, you know, young and dumb. You know, having a good time in college, but yeah. there was always that voice in the back of my head. You know, Corbs might not like this wow, and stuff like that. So yeah. he was, uh, he was a very influential person in my life. That whole staff was. Um, and as players, we checked each other too. If there was a guy was getting out of hand, you know, we we took care of it ourselves. We didn't even need to let the coaches know most of the time. So, um, you know, I, I will forever be thankful for my time at Vandy. Wow. And uh, you know, I've always, I've said it. I've said it for years now. I would give back every penny just to start over again and, and rerun the whole thing. Wow. And yeah. SEC baseball, man. Like, yeah. look, you're playing competitive baseball and prepares you to play pro ball. And obviously, not that they're actually preparing for the big leagues. And big leagues are the big leagues. But right. prepare you to play pro ball and the competitiveness of that SEC conference. It's, it's, un, it's unbelievable. You see a ton of guys from the SEC go on to play pro ball. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure it leads in the draft every year for conference. Um, and then Pac-12 is obviously up there too, ACC. But, um, you know, the, the competition that we faced, like in the SEC tournament alone, the SEC tournament most years was more difficult than Omaha. Like it was unbelievably difficult. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you face the same teams over and over again, and you get to know the guys. And at the SEC tournament, um, we would have like this little – area downstairs where we could like play ping pong and shoot darts and stuff like that with each other and you meet guys through there and then you go see them in pro ball and stuff but obviously you know big league like you said big leagues is the big leagues but um that the competition down there and and the the fight of those guys to win is is second to none amazing now draft day let me take you to draft day uh second round pick uh did you know generally speaking the area where you were going to go or you had no idea what what was i mean they tell you where you're going to you know you have an idea of where you're going to go but how was draft day so it was honestly a a wild couple days um so i i don't know if you're familiar with the story but we had lost a teammate um uh, donnie everett he had drowned uh, a couple days uh basically prior to the draft like a week prior to the draft So the day before I flew home for the draft, I was at a funeral for a teammate of mine, which was like one of the saddest days of my life. And then two days later, or a day later, it was the happiest day of my life. Yeah. So it was it was wild. A ton of emotions during that week. Um, I had a ton of family in town. Uh, they were they were all at my house. Um, I kind of had an idea. Uh, I knew that the latest I was going to go was in like the mid seventies. Um, but I ended up, you know, going, going uh, second round, and it was a you know, dream come true. You hear your name, and it was pretty. Uh, I just kept shaking. I didn't know what to do. You know, I, yeah. I you know, had never been to Colorado before, and a couple of days later, I was flying out to Denver and experiencing that whole thing, seeing a big league clubhouse, being around those guys, and uh, it was, you know, obviously something you never forget. You never forget that, yeah. and it's amazing. I I hadn't heard that story about about going from. Just despondent a friend of yours, and then going to elation. Yeah. What a, what a wild ride! Huh? That was uh, it was it was very very crazy. Um, but you know, obviously, 
I still got uh, Donnie, that, that teammate, I still got his initials on all my gloves I've made. Uh, I know a lot of the guys that played with him did. Uh, he was a, he was just a freshman, but he was a he was a you know a magnet for guys. Like everybody loved being around Donnie. He and you know it's unheard of for freshmen a lot of times. You know, yeah. it's, but he was always he was always joking around. He was a good guy to mess around with. Loved fishing, um, and you know that's it was wild. But you know his memory lives on, and we all honor him in our own little yeah. way. A couple guys got tattoos and stuff, and it's uh you know. It was it was terrible and it still is terrible, but you know it's uh, while he was here, he made a hell of an impact. Yeah, and I'm sure that when you guys uh, when the band when you guys bond about it, you guys do smile and say, "Gosh, what, what do you think about him?" You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody loved being around Donnie. He yeah. was he was goofy. Uh, he was always joking. It was very. I don't think I ever saw the guy mad. Um, and those are the type of people you like to be around. No question. Now, uh, as you get here with the Giants, and you know, you know. Your repertoire, and I love watching you pitch, man. I know that that changeup has been—it's been a work in, in progress in the past. But I feel like uh, you get command of that thing, and it, obviously, it complements all your other pitches. Can you talk about the changeup specifically? Yeah, so, basically, what, coming up, especially in college, I was pretty much just all fastballs, and I'd mix in the occasional off-speed, yeah. whether it was curveball, slider, or changeup. Um, I had had up to double A, changeup was my better off-speed pitch. And then when I got to triple A, they really wanted me to work on my slider. So I kind of lost my changeup. Um, and, I mean, in the big leagues last year, there was plenty of times where I was out there with pretty much just a fastball, which doesn't work out in the big leagues very well. Yeah. Um, but changeup's been something that I've kind of gotten back. Uh, it actually it took up until – a time where I really needed it. I had bases loaded, no outs. We were at Charlotte when I was in Durham earlier this year, and I ended up throwing it a bunch and got out of it without letting up a run. <laughs> but uh, ever since then, I've been trusting it a little bit more, and um, I'm feeling good with my slider, my fastballs. Yeah. You know, I still got a little bit left in the tank on that. I got to figure out how to get that, get a couple more uh, velo ticks on that. But I'm feeling good about where I'm at. I'm feeling healthy. I'm feeling strong, that's, and late in the season, that's pretty important. I love that. It really is. Now. Your first time in the big leagues, you go up, you see the, you see who you're facing. You're like, wow, okay, you know, sports center. All the second time up, a little bit easier. Third time up, you say, okay, I belong. What has that been like for you? That just getting a little more comfortable. You're never totally comfortable, but right. getting comfortable, knowing that you belong at the highest level. It's a, it was a huge learning curve for me, especially when I first got called up. I was the only lefty in the bullpen um, for the month of April, pretty much last year. Yeah. And, you know, obviously in the NL West, the Giants last year had a ton of lefties. The Dodgers had a ton of lefties. D-backs had a good amount of lefties. It was just like constant usage, constant, uh, constantly stressed out about stuff that I didn't necessarily need to stress out about. You know what I mean? Uh, and that was one thing that I, I needed to learn quickly. Um, you know, there was only spurts last year where I was, I was who I think I can be in the big leagues. Um, there was a lot of a lot of stuff that I didn't do well last year. Um, you know, I, I got optioned twice. A uh, couple times I was back up quick. Where I got optioned, I got optioned three times actually. Once off an injury, got back up pretty quick. Option again, got back up pretty quick. And then the last option, I was down for a couple weeks. Um, 
So you, you learn quickly that if you don't perform, you're going to get sent down, especially as yeah. a rookie. Yeah. Um, you know, and there was guys that were throwing better than me in the bullpen, and I understood that it was time for me to go down when it, when it was. Yeah. Um, but you you kind of understand how the bullpen works differently in the big leagues than anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, you know, Triple E, you kind of have an idea of when you're going to go in and stuff. But as a young guy in a big league bullpen, there is no talent. Like I was in from anywhere from like the third inning to the twelfth inning and extras. Just always be ready, right? And it's yeah. it's a constant battle to always stay loose and constantly be yeah. ready and mentally checked in and paying attention to the game. And that's something that I, honestly I didn't do in the minor leagues at all. I I, I knew that I was going to be seventh, eighth, or ninth inning. And if the game was close in like the fifth or sixth, I'd start getting loose, and then I'd be in at some point. Yeah, That's three innings. Different. But big leagues, there's you know, there's guys that have been there for a while. They have roles, and as a young guy, especially a rookie, you're in there whenever, whenever the manager wants you. Yeah. Now the story of Winton Bernard, man. I look, he played for us in 2017. It's one of the and you know, I watched the video. I, I probably watched the video of him calling his mom eight times, man. I was crying the whole day man I know Winton really well and and uh, I, I know you're so happy for him and what were your thoughts on that and that just getting his chance after that long in the minors and what a great guy he is my thought was about damn time yes. that's exactly what yeah. my thought was that guy's been playing really really well for a while um you know obviously he's had quite a few battles in his you know it, there's only so much time in the minor leagues where you're like do I really want to keep going yeah. do I really want to keep going because it's it's a, it can be really difficult to uh, to feel like you're not going to get a shot, and you're kind of you know sitting back wondering what am I doing here? What am I doing here? I could you know I got to go make money. I got to do this, do that, mm-hmm. and um, you know for Winton, he like and you hear this all the time, but so many people you know when good things happen, everybody comes out of the woodwork and says right. nice things about him. Yeah. But you can ask anybody that's ever played with Winton, yeah. he is a grade a guy like he you always want to be around bernie he's always laughing he's always joking he takes his pregame nap and then all of a sudden he wakes back up and he's all fired up again he's just and he's a gamer you never you're never out of it with when he's all when he's up you know you're going to get a quality at bat he's going to hit something hard um i haven't faced him at least i don't remember facing him coming up but i i don't think it'd be a fun ab he's he's just a good hitter and he's He's the he's the epitome of a good teammate. Everybody loves being around him, and I, you know, I wish I could have seen it when Chafe came out and told him he was going to the big leagues. I wish I could have been there for that. Um, but I heard stories, but I talked to a bunch of the guys, and you know, it was a it was a surreal moment. You know, I can only imagine what was going on in his head. You know, I only I spent what five five six years in, in the minor leagues before I got the call and. I can only imagine what 10 years is, you know what I mean? Yeah. 31 or 30, wherever he is, and getting that call and being able to call his mom and have that emotion. I remember when I called my mom, and, yeah. you know, I was there for half the time he was. So yeah. I know his mom was probably just waiting, 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 watching his son, watching her son put up huge numbers in the minor leagues, waiting for that shot, and he finally got it. Well, I, I genuinely can't wait for you to face him because I want to see that moment. It's not even what happens in the at-bat. I want to see I would, that moment. Yeah. Those three seconds when you guys look at each other, I can't wait for that. I Yeah, <laughs> I, I hope it comes pretty soon. I hope yeah. it comes pretty hey, soon. Thanks a lot for taking the time. Really appreciate it. And uh, you're great in the clubhouse. Uh, keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rivercats Nine Lives podcast hosted by Johnny Dosko. Please like, subscribe, and share with all your baseball-loving friends. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook.